The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Some of you are clapping as if you know why God loves you so much. I don't know about you, but... I don't know why God loves me the way he loves me. And if you know that God has loved you with an everlasting love, I'd like you to shout a big hallelujah to him. Give him a praise. Give him a worship. Give him an honor and give him an adoration. The God that is more than enough, who is faithful and true, who is just and kind. Uh, Tell your neighbor, uh, when was it you said Happy New Year? Ask them, when was it? Not too long ago. And we said, hey, Happy New Year. And here we are, the last Thanksgiving Sunday in the year 2022. Does this God God deserve your praise? Does he deserve your worship? Give him a shout in the house. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you praise, God. We give you worship. We thank you. If we had a thousand tongues, it will never be sufficient to praise you. But from the depths of our heart, we say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. Thank you for the promotion. Thank you for the healings. Thank you for the mercies. And thank you for the kindness. Thank you for the new job you gave your daughter. Thank you for helping your son pass his exam. Thank you for your son, eternal father, that is standing because you held him, you kept him, you preserved him. We are grateful to you. We're grateful to you. Thank you for your daughter that you redeemed from all sorts of affliction. I send our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. I'd like you to turn around to your neighbor, just say something nice to them, welcome them warmly. To the presence of God, fragrance of life, the Lord bless you. That was powerful. That was really powerful. God bless you richly. In Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. It's so good to see many lovely faces. It's so good to see many lovely faces. The Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name. Pastor Granville, the Lord bless you, sir. In Jesus' mighty name. You know what they call for people who are redeemites, who are redeemed, redeemed. They understand what they call provincial pastors. They understand what they call regional pastors. You know, and those kind of those of us who are not redeemed, redeemed, we don't understand. But he's he's a provincial pastor, what they call pastor in charge of province, all the way from back Nigeria. The Lord bless you, sir. The Lord will keep you strong, keep you healthy, and give you full and total recovery. In the mighty name of Jesus, in this land where God has planted you, a new work is waiting for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. By the special grace of God, I didn't tell him this, but we're going to support him to plant a church. I didn't tell him this, so we'd not have this conversation. But, um, you know, the mandate of the church is that uh, when you are a pastor, you're always a pastor. And we're looking for laborers who go and plant churches. So there's one. And the devil can't do anything about it. The devil can't do it. It's too late in the day for the devil to do anything about it. The Lord bless you, sir. In Jesus' mighty name. There are two quick things I like to do. You know, they say sometimes that I normally take too, many, too much time in terms of service. But most times I realize that the service team, they give me a lot of announcements to make. <laughs> so by the time I finish the announcement, it looks as if I've been talking for a long time. So please don't start marking me in now. I'm not started preaching. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> but there are two quick things I like to do. There are two quick things I like to do. The, 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 the book of Romans chapter 16, you know, from verse 3, verse 4, the Bible says that Paul was writing, there are three great phenomenal men in scripture who were great thanksgivers. One of them is the servant of God called Paul. But it says in Romans 16 and verse 3, it says, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. He said, who reeks their own necks. Some translations say they risk their lives f- for my life. 
to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. They do what? They give thanks. All the churches of the Gentiles, they give thanks. That, that there are some people in the house who are called workers and volunteers who in the course of this year have sacrificed a lot for God and for this house that they love. They paid a lot of sacrifices to ensure that God's work in this place does not fail. And I want to thank God for such men and women. Not only thank God on their behalf, but I also like to thank them for the great work they've done in this year. This is Thanksgiving. It says, greet Priscilla and Aquila for the great work they've done, for the sacrifices they have made. In fact, in verse 6 of the book of Romans chapter 16, it says, and give my greetings to Mary, who toiled and labored extremely, extremely hard to benefit you. Services every Sunday and every week has been what it is because people are toiling hard to make it what it is. There are people who love God so much and love this house who drive more than 150 kilometers every Sunday to make service functional. There are people who drive as far as Bari to come to church. There are people who, are, who drive as far as Whitby to come to church. There are people who come as far as Brampton in fact, I know somebody who is in this church who, for the past eight years that we've been here, every Sunday, apart from other days in the week, when he comes, they come all the way from Brampton. Because of their love for God, and they've labored, and they've labored. I'd like to say thank you. For everyone in the house, called workers, who have labored in one form or the other, I'd like to say a big thank you for the great work you're doing here. There are some who spend nights upon nights. The fragrance of life, for instance, most Friday nights. Sometimes they finish 12 midnight. One, somebody was telling me that when, he's, when she's leaving home, they said to her, um, uh, Good night, mommy. <laughs> because they will see her again the following day. They're, they're laboring for the sake of God and for the sake of the kingdom. The truth is that there's no one that labors for God that their reward will not be back to them full measure. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. There are people who have given sacrificially beyond the norm. You know, there's a normal giving which people give because God says you have to give. You, you, you just know that, okay, whether you like it or not, you have to give your tithes. If you don't want a devourer, you just, you just give. But there are people who sacrificially give out of their pain. Just to ensure that, okay, the work that God is doing here keeps going. I'd like to say a big thank you. I'd like to say a big thank you for the great things you do. There are people who, on Friday nights, or sometimes on Saturday mornings, when some of us are still sleeping, they come in here to clean up this place. I'd like to say a big thank you. There are a couple of people who are laboring in the, in the quiet, praying that God will keep doing what he does in this place. I would like to say a big thank you to the labors you labor for God will not go unrewarded. God will watch over you and perfect all that concerns you in the mighty name of Jesus. The second thing I'd like to do is, is to thank God. It's to thank God on behalf of every one of us here. You see, this year when God told us that, okay, we are going to be having exceeding grace. I was wondering what it is that comes with exceeding grace. But candidly, I have seen an amazing help of God throughout this year. And I've seen an amazing help of God throughout this year. Not only in my life, but in the life of so many others. In the life of so many others. I've seen the hand of God. I've seen the favor of God. I've seen the kindness of God. I've seen the word of God come true. I've seen the hand of God come true. And, and I, think, I think I'd like to just share this quick two testimonies or three testimonies. And I'm saying it because there's something that God wants me to tell someone under the sound of my voice. The, the first testimony, somebody called me in the course of the week, a brother who is into business. 
And for those who remember, I think somewhere, I can't remember one of the days when we were having service. And God said to us, that, look, whatever it is that he have rejected you, you should go back there. Because you're going to find new opportunities. They're going to accept you. And this brother called me and said, look, pastor. He said, I said, yes, what's going on? He said, pastor, I don't know what is going on. He said, I said, wow. The same place where he's been having a lot of business issues, challenges. They called him and they said to him, hey, what did you say about opening more shops? I said, you guys were the one giving me trouble not too long ago. And, and said, hey, they've given me one new shop, additional to what I had before. And he said, to make matters, you know, interesting, he said, just this week, this week, he said, pastor, do you know what? <laughs> they called me again and said, do you want another one? And guess what? He's not putting anything down. He's not paying any money. A second person just this week called me and said, Pastor, God has blown my mind. I said, what happened? He said, my contract, you know, contract, just came to an end. And I was wondering, Lord, what is going to happen? What is going to happen next? And she said, I just got an offer to start next week. And the kind of offer that I got is almost twice what it is that I was earning before. God has done so many things for us in faith, throne of grace. Amazing things. Amazing things. In the month of October, myself and my family encountered what in a lifetime we wouldn't have been able to do with our own physical abilities. In a lifetime. In a lifetime. In fact, by the time we finished with the transaction, which we had no input at all, we had no input. To tell you how complex that transaction was, Four lawyers for different firms were involved in that transaction. And when the, the whole thing got ended, my lawyer said, and this man has been somebody who has been practicing before I was born. The head of the chambers have been practicing since I was born. I think he became, he was first called to bar in 1951. He became what they call a KC. Well, they used to call him a, a, a QC, Queen's Council, or, but now a, a KC. In 1965, and he said, he said to Ross, myself and my wife, he said, we have never handled a complex transaction as this, since this firm started. But I look back, and I say, it can only be God. It can only be God. I say this because God is saying to tell someone something major is coming your way. Before the end of this month, something major is coming your way. And if you believe it, I'd like you to say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, God is going to make somebody laugh. Yeah. I don't know why that phrase keeps coming back to me, but in truth, the truth is that God is going to make somebody laugh. Yeah. The kind of laughter you have never laughed before. Yeah. Let's just rest. One second, let's just give God thanks. Father, we give you thanks for all that you have done in throne of grace. For all you've done. For all you've done for us. For all you've done, you are great, you are kind. Jesus, what a great God you are. We'll just take that song once or twice. What a great God you are. What a great God you are. You are beautiful. You are righteous. You are magnificent. What a great God you are. Oh, you are kind, you are great, precious Jesus. What a great God you are. 
want to say you're a great God. On behalf of throne of grace, I want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone under the sound of my voice, I want to say thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your help, for your sustenance, for your support, for your life, for your mercies, for your kindness. There's so much you have done for us as individuals. There's so much you've done for us as a church. Thank you for open doors. Thank you for major shifts. Thank you for major opportunities. Thank you for liftings. Oh, thank you, oh God, for helping us to know you more. Thank you for strength. Thank you for life. We return all the praise and all the glory for all that you have done. We say thank you throughout this year for all that you have done. Thank you for being such a great God to us. We return all the thanks and all the praise to you. We say may your great name be exalted forever. Your glory in this fields of heaven. There's nothing that can compare to your infinite help and mercy. We thank you. True Nogis says thank you. We say thank you. I accept our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Psalms 107, you may please be seated. Verse 21 and verse 22. Psalms 107, 21 to 22. And then we'll read... Luke chapter 17, verse 11 and verse 19. I'm going to quickly read. All that men will give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Luke chapter 17 Verse 11 to 19. 
Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. They lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And then he did what? He fell down at his feet, on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, we are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? We are not found any who return to give glory to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. I'd like you to turn to somebody to your left to your right. Ask them, where are the nine? Ask someone else. Where are the nine? Are you among the one or are you among the nine? <laughs> are you among the nine or are you among the one? This, this morning, very briefly, I'm going to be speaking on the subject, give thanks. Give thanks. You know, the, the, word, the word give thanks runs or thanks give runs very, very, very commonly through scriptures. To give simply means to offer. To, to give simply means to confer, to bestow something. That's what give means. Now when you talk about thanks, thanks simply means an expression of gratitude. An expression of gratitude to someone. Some kind of appreciation. Some kind of appreciation. It, it means to express your appreciation or your acknowledgement of the things that somebody has done for you. So when somebody does something for you, you say thank you. You give thanks. So when you put it together, you realize that to give thanks, therefore means to offer your appreciation or express your gratitude to who? To God, your maker. To God, your maker. It is, in other words, giving glory to him who has done mighty things in your life. Giving glory to him who have done mighty things for your family, giving glory to him, who have done mighty things for your, ch your children, your loved ones. There's so much, friends, that God has done for you and I. So much. I don't know about you, but there's so much that God has done for me for which I am eternally grateful. Grateful. So grateful. He saved me. He saved you. You justified. Because he walked, he walked in you. He redeemed you. He transformed us. This year, he's healed us in different forms. He has delivered us. He's blessed us with blessings that money can buy and the ones that money can buy. There are many people who, when the year started, they didn't think they were going to own a house or a home. But they have one. There are many people who, when the year started, they didn't think, oh, they're going to be able to have the kind of jobs that they have but they have it right now there are many that God healed and transformed and kept there are many of us who you know we drove several kilometers you know back and forth and God sustained and kept us some of us even when we were driving we slept off <laughs> some people can resonate to that you're driving and then your eyes are, your eyes are closing you're saying Father, please help me. Just help me to get home. But, but here we are, friends. We're standing strong. God has kept us. You are a survivor because God has kept you. God has preserved you. If, if the devil brought his plans to fruition, 
There's no way you'll be standing here today. But here you are standing strong, standing blessed, standing highly favored, standing flourishing because God kept you. Is he worthy to give thanks to? Yes, he's worthy. And I'd like you to lift up your voice, lift up your hands and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. There are, there are three great men in scriptures. Three great men in scriptures. Who are prolific praise or thanksgivers. People who you, who you can emulate as people who are examples of thanksgivers. Their lives are riddled with thanks. One of such men is called King David. The, the second is, is, is the you know, Apostle Paul. And the third is Jesus. And we're going to draw some lessons from this man this morning. Thanksgivers. 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 In fact, the life of David was an amazement because David knew how to use the weapon of thanks. That is why he says in Psalms 9 and verse 1, he said, I will give thanks to the Lord. I will give thanks to you. I will give thanks with all my heart. I will tell of his marvelous works. Here is David saying this. He said, and I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name. Friends, David was a man that was addicted to thanksgiving. And, 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 and friends, if you and I must be men and women who are addicted to thanksgiving, we must emulate the things that David did. The first lesson we learned from David is that David said that thanksgiving is good. He said it is good to give thanks. It's good to give thanks. It's good to give thanks. That's what he says. He says it's good. Psalms 92 and verse 1. He said it is a good thing. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. In other words, if you're not giving thanks, that means you're doing a bad thing. You're doing a bad thing. He said it is good to give thanks to God. It's good to give thanks. It is good to give thanks. In other words, what he's saying to you and I is that thanksgiving is a proper culture. It's a proper culture. Many of us, we live in, you know, in North America. We live in Canada. One of the things I find about Canadians is that when you do something nice to them, they say, oh, you don't have to do this. You give them something, say, no, you don't, you don't need to do this. You don't need to give me this. You don't need to do this. Oh, I've, I've, I've said it over and over again. You get somebody something, give something to somebody. So, oh, do you really need to do this? No, you don't need to do it. I know I don't need to do it, but I chose to do it. Just say thank you. That's proper culture. That's the culture of heaven. Just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a good thing. And, and friends, we've got to learn this culture and do what? Imbibe and internalize it. Somebody does something nice to you. Why can't you say thank you? Your, your spouse sets the table for you and then prepares some kind of, you know, food. But, but, but the food was a little bit on the salty side. <laughs> this lady or man put a lot of effort into this thing. Sweated heavily. And, and for some reasons, for some reasons, you know, the, 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 the ingredients were a little bit mixed up. Why focus on the things that is missed up? Why, why not just first say, oh, thank you, my dear, for making this. It's just so delicious. But it's just that maybe next time we'll reduce uh, the salt we buy in the house. <laughs> but, but first say, thank you. First say, thank you. How, how far thanks can go. I think there are two words that are very critical in the life of everyone who must make meaningful progress in life. And most times, many people don't know how to say those two words. One of such words is thank you and I'm sorry. In fact, the truth is that for some people, I am sorry can never come out from their mouth. Tell them all the faults. They will argue with you. Eh, but I did it because you did this. But why can't you just say, I'm sorry? Why can't you just say, thank you 
Friends, you can never tell how much a word of thanks can go in the life of someone. You say, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. The second thing that King David teaches us, and we see that in Psalms 106 and verse 1, it says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Not only is this good culture, but you praise and give thanks to God because God is good. God is good. God is good. And says, and his mercies endure forever. Somebody listening to the sound of my voice, this year may not have been too nice for you, but God is still good. Things may not have added up as you expected it to have added up, but God is still good. You may not have everything lined up as you planned, but God is still good. In fact, Jesus puts it this way in Mark chapter 10 and verse 18. He says, no one is good. There's none. Just one. And he says, and that person is what? Is God. It's only God that is good. Listen, this God you serve is the one that makes the sun to shine on the wicked and the the righteous. It causes rain. It's the, some of the things that many of us do to God or say to God, if, I, if some of us were God, hi, would I just, would have finished everybody? Can you imagine if, for instance, you have a little bit of the power God has and then somebody offends you? Hi. I would just, I, uh, that's okay. Let me, just, let me just show him a little bit of this power. You know? But God is good. God is good. God is good. Friends, if God was not good, God would have killed some of us crackheads. You would have messed us up. The Bible says it's of the lost mercies that we are not consumed because his goodness, his love, his kindness endure forever. And friend, if God is good, the Bible tells us in Psalm 100 and verse 4, be part of it. He says, be thankful if you know he's good. Give him thanks. If somebody is good, you say, oh, you are good. Thank you. Thank you. He said, be thankful and bless his name. For he is good. For he's good. And his mercy endures forever. Friends, There's so much that this God has done for you and I that we don't deserve. There's so much. But how thankful are you? How thankful are you? The the, the third thing that we learn from Apostle Paul, speaking under the inspiration of God, we find in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20, if, if, if it's a good thing to give thanks, because God is good, Then we should do it how? We should do it always. So Paul tells us that thanksgiving must be always and for everything. Thanksgiving must be always. We must not wait only till the first Sunday of the month to give God thanks. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, it says giving thanks always for everything. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. All things. And friends, all things means all things. All things. Whether you have money in the bank account or you don't have one. Whether you can meet up with your bills or you don't. Whether you lost a loved one or you didn't. Whether things are working or not, they're not working. Whether your child is acting up or not acting up. Whether your boss at work is unfriendly or not unfriendly. Whether your immigration status is not what you like it to be or the like. He said, give thanks in all things. That is what the scripture says in Hebrews. Paul also, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing, says in verse 15, chapter 13. It says, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruits of our lips. Giving thanks. Giving thanks. 
Friends, your thanksgiving must be continual. Don't wake up one morning and say, I don't, I don't feel like giving God thanks again. It must be always, must be continual. In, in fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, in all circumstances, do what? Give thanks. In all circumstances, give thanks. In all circumstances, give thanks. Whether the good, the bad, or the ugly, he said, do what? Give thanks. But see, one of the things that I found out, friends, is that we live in an age of unthankfulness. We live in a world. And, and the scripture says it, the scripture says, I think in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, reading from verse 1, it says, in the last days, challenging times will come. Perilous times will come. Difficult times will come. And, and it says in verse 2, that people will be lovers of themselves. More than lovers of God. And they will be boastful. They will be proud. They will be blasphemous. They will disobey parents. But, but it goes down to say, and they will be unthankful. 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 In other words, they will not see any reason to be thankful. They will not see any reason. But friend, that must not be you. Tell your neighbor or your brother or your sister, that must not be you. You must be a thankful person. In the mighty name of Jesus. I, 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 don't, I don't know why, but if you look at our society and you look at lives of people, a number of people are unthankful for different reasons. Unthankful for different reasons. For some, it is ignorance. I told us the story sometimes back. There was a jacket that I loved so well. And for some reason, I felt I should give that jacket out to a brother in church, not in throne of grace, many years ago, you know, back in my home country, where I originally came from. So I took this jacket to the dry cleaners, you know, give it a good touch, and then put it inside the jacket. And then I, after service, I gave it to this brother. And I said, Sir, take, I feel led to give you this jacket. Complete suit. No, as fine as this. <laughs> and then the, the, guy looked, the guy looked at me. He looked at himself. He didn't take the thing from you. He looked at me. He looked at himself. And he said, Pastor, is there anything wrong with me? I said, why did you say that? He said, is there anything wrong with my dressing? I said, but why did you say that? He said, because you're giving me a jacket. And, and a couple of times when people give us things, many of us have ideas that are wrong. The, the Bible says, if they knew they couldn't have crucified Jesus Christ, ignorance is a destroyer. And for many of us, we are wired differently. The, the moment somebody's giving you something, some of us are thinking, I hope he didn't put something inside. I, I hope he's not trying to. If they sent you. <laughs> we have different ideas. Listen, friends, that people are extending a love to you does not mean there's something behind it. Does not mean so. Oh, people do something for ignorance. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, friends, I realize that what you, you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. And my prayer today is that every shade of ignorance in our lives making us to reject hands, I break such strongholds in the name of Jesus. Some, the reason why some people, you know, can't be thankful is because of pride. Pride. How can he be? Why is he giving me jacket? Uh-uh. Why is he giving me jacket? Can't he even give me something better? Can't he? 
And, and a couple of times, many of us, in our relationship with God, God gives you something that you, that you, you, you reference as small just to test you. And you say, ah, but God, I, I, I didn't ask for this one now. But you could have given me something better now. But, but Lord, this is not the job I was praying for now. Lord, I was praying for something bigger. Lord, uh, you can do all things. Try. Try. And that was a challenge that a man called Hezekiah had. The Bible said that God did so much for him in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 25. And the scripture says he did not go back to God again to give him thanks in as much as God had done for him. And too often and again, many of us, when God does something for us, instead of going back to give God thanks, we're saying to God, Lord, this is not what I asked you. This is not what I asked you. For some, they don't give thanks because of procrastination. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll give you my thanks tomorrow. In fact, it is not your thanksgiving service. Next, next year, I'll give you thanks. Lord, the, the miracle is not yet complete. When it is complete, I will do what I will. I'll package it nicely. I will sign and I will give it. Procrastination. Without knowing that most times, the full and the complete package of your healing comes when you thank him in advance. The Bible said that this man realized he had not gone to show himself to the priest who is supposed to certify him clean. But, but he realized, I, I believe that the rest of the nine must have said, oh, let it be complete. Let us first go to the priest. By the time we get to the priest and we say to the priest, uh, okay, the priest says, oh, you're okay. Then we can go back to give thanks. But how wrong you are. God expects you to do what? To give your thanks in advance. Expects you to give your thanks in advance. The Bible says that when he realized that he was healed, he said, I have to first go back to give thanks before I go and show myself. Friends, thanks must be prompt. Otherwise, it becomes abused. Must be prompt. God expects you to give it promptly. One other reason why I find that people are not thankful as it were to God is what I am afraid they were talking about entitlement mentality. At least God deserves to bless me. He deserves to. I was talking with a young lady so many years, in some few years back. And I said, Pastor, I don't know why the things, things, things are happening the way they are. Everything I've been asking God to do, God has not done it. Especially this one thing. And he called in to told me about the thing. I said, I've been asking God to do this for me, and God has not done it. I pay my tithe. I serve in church. And instead of making, calling out the things that, he, you know, that she does, say, why has God not done this? Why? 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 And too many of us who have that entitlement mentality, we think that we deserve something from God because we are doing certain things. How wrong you are. The Bible says all of our righteousness about filthy rocks before him. About filthy rocks before him. He said, if God were to mark iniquity, who can stand? Not one. Not one. Not one. Not one. Friends, we, we, must, we must drop this entitlement mentality. And you see, it's not only to God we have it for. Sometimes people feel that, look, some people feel that, ah, he's my uncle, he must do something for me. I've been calling and calling him, why is he not doing it? And then the uncle sends you something small, says, look at what he will send to me. It's an entitlement mentality. Sometimes some of us spouse, we have an entitlement mentality to our spouses. Oh, he, he must do this. She must do this. We're going to wake up, friends, and, and realize that... that, that let, let, let me balance that. Let me balance that because some men may think now that look, hey, they, they have to cut, cut slack their responsibilities. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are expectations of spouses in a home. You have to meet your expectations under God. Otherwise, you cease to be less than who God has called you to be. But may God help us in the mighty name of Jesus. Some others do not give thanks because of pain and suffering. I think I need to draw the, draw the curtain here. Pain. Sometimes pain makes people not to give thanks. It makes people not to give thanks. In fact, Jesus Christ was speaking and he says in the end times, There'll be so much challenge. If not that the days were cut short, you say even the elect will not make it. 
that tells you how pain and suffering is. So when you go through pain and challenges and you are still able to lift up your voice and thank God, then you know that it's something different. That is why, you know, the wife of Job said to Job, curse God and die. But Job said, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. First, the, the last thing that this man teaches us is, 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 is the fact that God is looking for thankful people. God is looking for thankful people. God is looking for thankful people. And the theme for the month for us, it says, oh, the men will give thanks. In other words, David is saying, can I find people who will give thanks? Can I find? Can I find? Can I find? Jesus said in verse 17, chapter 17, he says, were there not ten? Where are the nine? Was it not found or were it not found? At least some that will return. In other words, God is looking. He's looking. He's looking. To find people who will return and say, Lord, we thank you. Men and women who will return and say, you've done so much for me. So, Lord, I return. And that was why God was displeased with Hezekiah. After everything he had done for him. He said that Zechariah did not return back again. Friend, after all that God has done for you this year, how are you returning with thanks? How are you returning with praise? How are you returning with worship? How are you returning in honor? How are you returning? Or are you looking at the things that he has not done? You are saying, oh Lord, but you've not done this. On Friday, we're talking about count your blessings. But look at how this man returned. I think I close at that point. Luke chapter 17, verse 15 to 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Sister May was trying to whine us earlier on to say, look, hey, um, of grace. Um, you know, many of us were very conservative people. And in North America, oh, Ted, trust me, in North America, we don't, we don't, we don't do it loud. We just, we just stay, we do it quietly. We just do it calmly. And the, the environment in itself is calm. Yeah, calm. So when you begin to make a lot of noise, they wonder what is, what is wrong with you. What is wrong with you? But you see, when you praise God, you've got to be loud. You've got to be loud. The Bible says, make a joyful noise. That is not quietness. <laughs> That's not, it's not conservatism. No. It says, somebody, when God did something for him, the Bible says he was jumping and leaping and doing what? And praising God. That was not calm. He said, this man returned. How? He said, with a loud voice. In other words, if you've got to hear it, hear it. He returned with a loud voice. And God is expecting you and I to return with what? With a loud voice. He's expecting you to return with a loud voice. In other words, you are saying both to the heavenlies and to the things that are around you. Look, I have come to give him praise because of what he had done for me. So by the time they look at you and say, what is wrong with him? Or what is wrong with her? You say, oh, God did something for her. God did something for him. Then when he returned with a loud voice, the Bible says in verse 16, and he fell down on his face at his feet, doing what? Giving thanks. When was the last time in your quiet, private worship experience you fell down on his face to say, Lord, I just thank you? When was the last time you nailed down and said, Lord, I just want to thank you. I just want to give you worship. When was the last time some teardrops even came down from your eyes thinking of his goodness and his faithfulness and his mercies? What was the last time? What was the last time? For so many, some years back, God reminded me 
something. You know, sometimes it's not good. You know, back in the days, it's for those of us who had the privilege, you know, of when you were back home and you had a driver driving you. Then you sit down at the back of the car and then you're driving to work and then back. There's a tendency and this thing to lose the sight of the presence of God because the driver is there. Now, some recall, you know, before then when I had no driver and I used to drive myself to work, sometimes as I'm driving to work, I'm praising and thanking God. There was one of these days that the presence of God was so, so, so real in the, in the vehicle where I was that I parked the car and I was sobbing and I was crying and I was sobbing. And after I finished crying, I started driving and I went to work. So one day, God has done a lot of promotion. And I was in the car driving. I mean, the driver was driving. And then I was worshiping. But it wasn't, I was doing it quietly so that the driver would not be disturbed. The Holy Spirit said to me, well, this is not how we used to do it before. This is not how we used to do it before. This is not how we used to do it before. The, the friends, the truth is, your personal devotion, your personal act of thanksgiving is much more important. Corporate worship, corporate thanksgiving is great. But you see, God wants to see what you're doing in the backside of the desert. When no one is seeing you, when the chips are down, when the devil is giving you back, back and forth, dealing with you back and forth, you are crying a bit and he's dealing with you, you are crying a bit and he's dealing with you. God wants to see what you are doing at that moment. God wants to see when things are not adding up, what do you do? He wants to see what you are doing when the children are not acting up. He wants to see what you are doing when, as it were, things about your work environment seems to be crumbling down. God wants to see what you are doing. Will you bring a praise? Will you fall to his feet and say, Lord, I thank you. I return with a loud voice. I return with a loud voice. And I give you thanks. Brethren, this God gave you life. He gave you salvation. He gave you health. He gave you provision. He gave you protection. He made life what it is for you today. It is because of him things are not worse. Could have been bad. Will you return? How do you want to return? Like it to stand to your feet. Maybe you want to shout and give him a laugh. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.